Better Buy, Gilead Sciences versus Celgene. This is Industry Focus. Hi, Fools. Healthcare analyst Michael Douglas here, and I'm on the phone with uh, contributor Todd Campbell from New Hampshire. Todd, how's the weather up there today? We actually have some sun shining. What? No, no, no. I, I know. It's, it's shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. And if you hear any noise in the background, that's the, the crew of people that are up on top of the roof clearing the mountain of snow that has built, has built up over the course of the last few weeks. Oh, gosh. Uh, Dan Kaplinger, one of our, I'd say, very well-known contributors, is the director of investment planning for The Motley Fool, was uh, showing me on FaceTime um, some of the stuff that is just like just like mountains of snow that are like people-sized around his house. And it's just incredible to me. Yeah, this is an, an amazing year. But it's a, it's a great, it's like, you know, this is the perfect time to stay inside and research our stocks, right? Exactly. And, and what better stocks to research than Gilead Sciences and Celgene Corporation? I mean, these, are, these are a pair of uh, big biotech stocks that have really been on a lot of investors' radar. Um, they've, they've both had, let's say, fairly incredible uh, three- and five-year runs. Um, but but let's, let's unpack these stocks a little bit and talk about sort of what the opportunities are. Uh, full disclosure to anyone listening or watching, uh, Todd and I, I, I think we both own both of these stocks, don't we? Yeah, I own both of them. So this is going to be like uh, choosing between two favorite children. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and that is why we love our biotech. Okay, so I'll go ahead and lead off with Gilead, and then, and then Todd, why don't you talk Celgene? We'll have a little bit of interplay, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up with our two cents. Um, so for me, uh, Gilead Sciences, you know, this is the uh, HIV and now hepatitis C powerhouse. Um, and and, and I, I think there's, there's, there's one number that really emphasizes just how big Gilead Sciences has gotten compared to how it used to be, um, or, or two numbers, I suppose. The first one is diluted EPS, 12 months ended December 31st, 2014, and that is $7.35. Go back one year to 2013, it was $1.81. I mean, we're talking just an enormous, I mean, almost 4x growth in earnings per share. And that's the sort of growth that we want to see in biotech. We don't see it very often. Um, but when we do, usually there's just rich rewards. Um, and this is a company that is really focused on rewarding shareholders through its tremendous hepatitis C success. And let, let's talk, let me, let me talk about those successes real quick. I mean, in HIV, um, I want to say it's eight out of 10 of new, uh, newly diagnosed HIV patients are on a cocktail with a Gilead drug. Uh, involved. So, you know, what we're hearing, what we're seeing there is just enormous market share. Um, Gilead is focused on helping develop the next generation of HIV cocktails, and there'll be a lot more about that in the coming months, but really huge opportunities for the company there. And then, you know, let's not talk, let's not forget hepatitis C, right? Sovaldi brought in over $10 billion last year in its first full year on the market. Um, and Harvoni, which is Sovaldi plus Lediposphere, which uh, essentially means you can take it interferon and ribavirin free for uh, hepatitis C type 1 patients. You know, enormous opportunity. Early uptake looks like it could be as good as, maybe even better than Sovaldi, and that's a higher price point. So that's a huge opportunity for the company. And this is a company that's instituted a dividend, um, which just shows just how stable they think their cash flow is. They're sitting on a mound of cash. Uh, They're beginning to fight in oncology. I mean, the future looks really bright for Gilead Sciences. I can't disagree with any of that. You know, Gilead Sciences is without a doubt a cash flow king right now. It has 
uh, it's cranking out a tremendous amount of money. There's, there's no getting around it. Mm-hmm. The only reason that I'm going to talk about Celgene today instead of Gilead is because I think that investors are in biotech tend to focus on growth rates. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt in my mind, I mean, you highlighted these numbers. They're fantastic for 2014. The, the point that I would make, however, is that, you know, Celgene's outlook for 2015 is good, but it's nowhere near as good as it was in 2014. Uh-huh. And that makes me think that, you know what? If you're an investor in biotechnology stocks and you're interested in a company that's going to put up some really solid top and bottom line growth, I think you want to focus on Celgene. Uh-huh. And the reason that I like Celgene is this. You know, here's a company that has been there and done that, just like Gilead has. It's a market uh, dominator in its indication. Um, you know, it, it markets a slate of different drugs. It's got seven you know, and an almost $7.8 billion in sales in 2014. So you're not talking about an emerging play. This is a company that is established. And this year it's looking at seeing its sales grow by 22% to 9 to $9.5 billion, which is it's great. That's, that's fantastic growth. Um, I think for comparison, Gilead's looking at 44 to 8.4% growth in 2015 on the top line, depending on whether or not you're losing the low end of their guidance or the high end of the guidance. So Celgene should grow its top line more quickly, but that's not the only reason that I like Celgene. Celgene is one of the few companies that actually is willing to give investors insight years ahead. They're willing to go out and say, you know what, we're going to tell you not only what our guidance is for this current year, but we're going to give you an indication of where we think we're going to be further out to. Mm-hmm. So in January, that guidance for 2017 uh, is for between 13 and 14 billion in sales. So they're looking at growing their sales from 7.7 billion in 14 to 13 to 14 billion by 17, and they're saying that at 2020, their revenue is going to be at least 20 billion. Now Gilead's obviously bigger, but that's dramatic. Uh, sales growth over the course of the next five years that investors really shouldn't ignore. Fueling that growth, um, without a doubt, is going to be still be Revlimid. Revlimid is their multi-myeloma drug. Mm-hmm. It's approved for as a second-line therapy uh, for this important indication. Um, in February, well, actually, just, you know, very recently, a few days back, uh, the FDA just gave um, Celgene the go-ahead to start marketing that drug as uh, a first-line therapy. Mm-hmm. So as a result, you know, Celgene thinks that, hey, we've got Revlimid that's selling at about a $5 billion run rate right now. We think that that drug could do $5.6, $5.7 billion this year and maybe $7 billion by 2017. So that drug should continue to post up some really solid growth. It's also got a multi-myeloma drug for third-line treatment in Pomalist that mm-hmm. saw its sales grow 123% last year to $679 million. And it's got a pancreatic cancer drug, Abraxane, that saw its sales grow 31% to $848 million last year. So this, you've got a lot of different drugs here that are all growing relatively quickly. Um, and as a result, you've got a company that has, uh, like Gilead, a rock-solid balance sheet, um, substantial kickoff, substantial shareholder-friendly cash flow. So... Those are some of the reasons that I'm a fan of Celgene. 
Sure. And and I think you, you brought up a really important point, which is that Gilead, which, to be fair, I have this suspicion that they're sandbagging a little bit on their top line guidance. Um but that's neither. That, that's that's just my personal opinion. Um, you're you're 100 correct. You know that revenue growth looks like it's slowing down pretty dramatically. And of course, people are also concerned uh, because uh, Gilead Sciences is um, more aggressively discounting its drugs to go ahead and get those public payers, your Medicaid's, um, uh, and of course some of the uh, private insurers and the PBMs who've been pushing back um, on Savaldi and Harvoni's cost. Um, you know, and of course in Europe as well, where they really require those um, uh, sort of coming together on the price and, and, and dropping it a little bit. Um, so, so I think there are some concerns for Gilead. But, but let me let me also highlight, if I may, um, you know, when when you look at valuation, right? And we don't talk valuation very much in biotech because how do you value a company that doesn't have uh, earnings or sales as so many biotechs do? But with Gilead and Celgene, you know, we've got earnings, we've got sales, we've got pretty consistent. Um, you know, cash flow is going on here. We've got we've got indications of kind of where these companies are. And when you look at the fact that on a trailing twelve month um, measure of price to earnings, um, you know, Celgene fifty one times earnings for price, uh, Gilead fourteen times earnings. And you look at a forward, and this is based on analyst estimates, so of course it could move. Um, Celgene's at twenty nine, and Gilead's at ten times earnings. I mean, so for me, like just, gosh, you're paying so much more per dollar of earnings, even through next year for a Celgene uh, as compared to a Gilead. Um, and, and for me, that valuation difference makes a difference. It, it's why actually of the two, I've more recently purchased Gilead because I was just like, gosh, yeah, I think, I think it's comparatively undervalued. Yeah, you know, it's hard to it's hard to argue against. It's a cheap stock. Gilead is yeah. a cheap stock. <laughs> I, I can't believe we're saying this in biotech, but there is actually yeah, a, a fairly it's, it's cheap kind of stock fun to have a cheap stock to to, to, to talk about in this yeah. space. Um, you know, th- it is. It's a, it's an inexpensive stock, and I think that the reason that it's inexpensive is because everybody has known for a long time that it's going to be a competitive marketplace for hepatitis C, mm-hmm. and you know how much forward you know. Stocks tend to trade based upon what's going to happen tomorrow, not necessarily what has happened yesterday. So, you know, what a lot of people have probably said is, you know, if, if the growth rate's going to slow for this, how much of a premium do I want to pay for next year earnings, especially if I don't know who the dominant player is going to be? You know, AbbVie obviously coming out and releasing Vicaripac in, in January, getting approval for it in December, has made a lot of people wonder, whoa, how much market share will they get? I want to go out on record right now and think, say that, that there's no doubt in my mind, at least at this point, that um, Gilead is going to remain the dominant player in Hep C this year. They, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that Vicaripac is an interesting drug. It'll help a number of people. However, it's not nearly as, as good in my eyes as, as uh, what Gilly is rolling out. And, you know, one of the other things, just to, to give a shout-out again to the, to the Gilead call here, is that, <laughs> you know, we also have to think about what's going to happen later on down the pike. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to have the next generation of shorter treatments and hepatitis C? And I think Gilead's best position to do that as well. That being said, I'm going to stick to my guns here and say that, you know, in this space, I really think that Investors are, are probably going to be more willing to reward Celgene's clarity into the future on revenue growth mm-hmm. um, than they will Gilead's. So, you know, these are both great stocks, but, you know, I, I guess in my eye, I happen to tend to lean towards Celgene. 
but I'm obviously not going to try and talk you out of being <laughs> Long Gillian. Right. Well, and especially, you know, again, it's 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 kind of one of those things where um, favorite versus maybe second favorite. Uh, you know, Seljean and Gilead are both in both of our portfolios, and I think that's really that's really important, uh, folks. For those of you who are listening. What do you think? What's your favorite biotech stock, whether or not it's Celgene or Gilead? Uh, shoot us an email at hc at fool.com. Um, also, one of the things that we that we talk a lot about here at The Motley Fool is trying to find the next big thing, the next big growth stock, the next thing that could really change the world, whether it's a hepatitis C cure or um, or personalized medicine um, or... Um, or you know, electric cars, uh, or the Internet of Things, and all of all of this stuff. And if you want to hear about how one of our co-founders, David Gardner, really looks at and seeks out growth stocks, uh, shoot us an email at growth at fool dot com, and uh, and we'll tell you about that. And then also about the Rule Breaker service, which David Gardner runs, um, which also focuses on on growth stocks and on finding those next market beating multi bagger opportunities, um, stocks like. Uh, I, I think uh, the stocks that definitely fit into that uh, into that um, uh, viewpoint, I think, would include a lot of your biotechs. Um, so, in, in summation, I think our answer is basically: well, you know, if you're listening to Todd, if you've got money, both look pretty darn good. If you're listening to me, uh, and but Celgene maybe a little bit better. If you're listening to me, both look pretty darn good. Gilead maybe just a little bit better. But I certainly wouldn't be sorry. Uh, you know, to to go the other side on this, and again, we're we're both in both of these stocks because we think they're just both fantastic, incredible uh, growth businesses, which with huge opportunities and bright futures ahead. Thank you, everybody, for listening and uh, watching us on Fool.com. For the Motley Fool, I'm Michael Douglas. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and Fool on. <laughs>